0: So I'm joined by Peter Hassett here of Russia Machine. And uh, Peter, um, so I guess I, we have to talk about uh, this Ayers situation in Carolina. So, you know, and it, it got me to thinking, like, you know, I mean, Toronto has had a lot of embarrassing losses. Um, but did you happen to see uh, kind of the reaction and, uh, you know, the the aftermath of that kind of incredible game in Carolina? Kind of what are your thoughts on that to kind of start?
1: It was. I mean, it's like one of those like special things that only happens in hockey. Yes. Like, um, <laughs> like the, the whole idea of like an emergency backup goalie would be so foreign to like like a, a a professional football fan or something like that. Like, some dude off the street also isn't gonna like play power forward for the Knicks. You know, like yes, <laughs> it's it's so it's it's so unique and and I don't know. it it's always charming and also to see it like the guy come in in a game. Like that's the game that's on the line, and like give up some goals, it's like an important but then game, yeah, it, it hum <laughs> humongous impact, yeah. and, and then like to see him like pull it out, like that's great, and like had to have him beat his hometown team in his hometown, and then get a standing ovation anyway, yes, and then go to practice the next day and get like uh, uh basically like, like William Nylander got like I don't know raked over the coals. I was watching Trade Center like yeah. on an illegal stream today, Uh and they like. You know, savaged him for being nice to the goalie, that's how demented <laughs> the Toronto like, sports media is. Yeah. So I, I just had such a great time with it. And I, I feel bad for. No, I don't. But I can pretend to feel bad for uh, Leafs fans. Yeah. Uh, for a second. But it was just it's a great story. And uh, it also just sort of speaks to how much of a mess the uh, the Eastern Conference, like uh, really more like the uh, Atlantic division playoff situation is
0: yeah i mean it seems like uh both florida and toronto neither one wants that third spot (laughs) because they keep screwing it up uh we'll get into a little bit later about what florida did because i'm baffled by it and maybe you can explain it better to me but uh before that we're gonna get the show started so uh let's do that The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert barrage. It's Lord Stanley, and he
1: is coming to Washington. Washington.
0: Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I'm your host Greg Young, and uh, today we're joined by Peter Hassett. And Peter, I know that we've been saying for like three months now that we wanted to have you on. So I'm uh, I'm glad to uh, finally get you on. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you for finally making the time oh, for me. No.
0: Devastating.
1: (laughs) No, I'm I'm really happy to be here. I think um like I've done some stuff with like GP like years ago, but I think this is the first time I've like officially been on the pod and I'm so delighted to be here.
0: Yeah, no, it's good, it's good, it's good. Um yeah, so uh they the capitals have been busy lately um they've been very busy uh this has been uh i think one of the more interesting trade line lines from a capitals perspective just in terms of you know the notoriety and the names uh, of the moves that they've made and kind of also the way they're playing so um i think let's just first dive right into uh the capitals acquiring one of the great russian players to play alongside the greatest russian player um so getting Ilya kovalchuk for a third round pick and and I mean, I think on one hand, just aside from the sheer, you know, machinations of the trade and we could talk about the value and everything like that. I think it's just cool to have Ilya Kovalchuk on this team. I think it's really cool to have, you know, five Russians on a team, you know, and have the Capitals go, you know, wow, there's there's I think there's just something neat about this whole transaction. I don't know. Kind of just gut level reaction. Like, what are your thoughts about this?
1: Uh, I would be super psyched if it were, I don't know, 20, I mean, 2007 <laughs> when it happened. Yeah. I, so, you know, like you know, he had been out of the league for five years and he left under somewhat sketchy circumstances, yes. like r- around the same time with the lockout. With, I mean, it's not his fault that he signed like a wild contract, two wild contracts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm not totally convinced that what he's done with Montreal is, you know, real. No, I'm fair. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm. I'm. So I'm not. I'm not trying to be like a hater. I'm just being like a like a skeptic. Like I'm still waiting for enough information to draw a conclusion.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I'm really wary about it. But there's no down. Like there's no real downside yeah. to it. Like he he's what, what like the ultimately like the cap hit was like under eighty thousand yes. dollars. <laughs> just. So absurd and it speaks to how the one time that a hockey up. player's
0: salary starts actually looking like like a normal salary <laughs>
1: <laughs> for real. Uh, like it, it speaks to how jacked up like his contract situation. I guess yes. New Jersey's still playing like some like cap recapture or something like that. Well, from- he's
0: he's on this on the cap for four separate teams, right? If I remember Dmitry Filipovich's tweet correctly, which is just so wild. <laughs>
1: Washington, Montreal, LA, and I guess the Devils would be. the I think fourth. It's
0: the Devils, yeah, I think he's still on for the Devils if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, I, I, like like. We have no idea how he's going to be used, no. I guess. Like McClellan probably said, I, I didn't even look at it, but like third third pairing, I would yeah. assume like depth and, forward. So and I guess like he would push what panic down or out.
0: Oh, I think, it's, I think it's a question on, you know, and I, I think knowing Reardon, right, it's going to be kind of an open question about, I mean, Reardon's not shy about shuffling lines, like it's, maybe, maybe arguably a little too not shy, but, uh, you know, I think that I could see him or maybe Haglin. I think Haglin is uh, seemingly kind of a more natural fit on a fourth line than Ponic is, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, because, and this kind of goes into another point I was thinking of too today, which is... And and the name I have in my head is the seven Kevin Shattenkirk trade of so much of a deadline acquisition is how the coach is willing to use it and who he's taking out of the lineup. So that's like that's the thing about this trade that's interesting to me is, you know, you look at it and a lot before this kind of recent struggle, a lot of the capital's depth had kind of been, you know, really really doing well. I mean, you look at like the fourth line being one of the better fourth lines in hockey for a long time. And so, you know, I think that's the open question. And it was the kind of question with the Shattenkirk trade of, you know, who was he going to bump out of the lineup? And so Ilya Kovalchuk, obviously it's a much less consequential move, but I think that's as much a kind of angle to this trade as, as anything.
1: Yeah. And it's a weird situation because I don't know if you were to like talk about this maybe like a month ago. Yeah. I'd be like, "Don't you dare touch that delicate precious fourth line." Yes. Like they're <laughs> destroying it. But seeing as how everything's been just so bad for about a solid month now. Yes. Sure, whatever. Go wild. Yeah, go crazy, you,
0: you know. Um uh, so I mean, I don't know. Where what would your ideal third line it, like I don't even know if there is one at this point, but I mean, obviously you would have to think Lars Eller is going to be centering it. Someone who
1: Loki is having an amazing season. Said? What's up? <laughs> Do I have to think that Lars Eller would be centering the third line? Well, I don't Why know. Wouldn't?
0: I mean, do you do you think do you think Eller should be moved? I I actually I think it's a totally Absolutely. legit yeah. point that he should be moved up at this point.
1: Yeah, I would put Kuznetsov on on the third line. Uh, yeah, and then give him with Haglin and then whoever on the other wing we think is can be you know defensively responsible. Oh my god. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I don't know I, what I, to make of Kuzi
1: at this point. I'm a Kuznetsov, like, doubter. Uh, or at least I'm, I'm a Kuznetsov warrior, right? Like, yes. I think he can succeed in a certain context, and it's the coach's responsibility to put him inside that context. And yeah. it doesn't always happen. And no, I don't agreed. I mean, like, honestly, Verona and Oshie had done a pretty good job of that for, I don't know, between, like, December and January, maybe, like, in in that holiday range. I think they had done a pretty decent job with him. Yeah. So if, if that's your second line, then sure, I'll I'll put... Uh, you know, Eller on the third with Haglin and uh, you know Ponick. I do have some worries about yeah, probably probably Ponick and Kovalchuk. I guess or, or sorry, uh, Haglin and Kovalchuk would be my third line to start. Yeah, I mean so Haglin. That's is, what think... they're gonna do, right? That's what they're gonna yeah. do tomorrow night.
0: I know, I know, no, I'm 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 infinitely curious about tomorrow night because you know you could see it. You know, it's I'm curious too because I think that you know tomorrow night's one of those games that you know if the Caps hadn't been super active at the trade deadline, you know, you're like oh it's a Tuesday and we're playing Winnipeg. Right. You know, this is not a game you would think the capitals would get up for. But, you know, I think that one of the interesting things with the Coville truck trade is, you know, I you wonder, like, who on that fourth line's job is safe at this point or even maybe the third line. You know, like, I don't think we're too far away from a scenario in which, you know, maybe they are looking at healthy scratching a panic, which is Wild to me, you know, because they paid him a lot of money in the off season to basically be a healthy scratch. But you know, I think it's it's interesting. I don't know how set anything is in those bottom lines at this point.
1: And, and yes, you're right. And I'll I'll just add this: like a, a healthy scratch isn't the end of the world. No, like like, and I I don't I haven't seen Reardon be uh, put anybody in the situation where they're like permanently scratched unless we're in a like trade situation. Yeah, situation. Like yeah. was. Yeah. Like, so he doesn't seem to be like doghouse guy necessarily. No, he certainly has been like, you know, like you're going to miss a couple shifts, but like nothing on the level of what we've seen, like John Hines do in Jersey and Nashville. Yeah. So like, it's not that it's not that severe, but I'm, I'm totally, I I love the idea of using this. Like The caps are going to make the playoffs. Yes. Like virtually certain. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And where they, who they pull, whatever, who cares, but they have some flexibility you know they had they, they were so successful in October November that they can use that time that that those standing points to really figure out what they want to do heading in and that means they can rest people that need rest and they can experiment with new combinations and get like real stuff in there yeah you know and and also that may buy some time for folks that are feeling the hot seat underneath them
0: yeah yeah I think it's I think it's it's interesting too because I think that. It, that's been something that I, for a long time, thought trotsky maybe could have done a bit better of a job of, is, you know, just experimentation. You know, I mean, the Capitals, I think, have had a lead, you know, or been in a playoff position, like, you know, with one giant exception, you know, for in, uh, you know, the disastrous Oates years or whatever. But, I mean, the Capitals, I think, you know, particularly after Trotz got there, have been in a pretty safe playoff position, like, for most of the years that they, you know, most of the time that they've been, you know, in the regular season. So, you know, I I think it's interesting that Reardon is maybe a little bit more of a tinkerer and experimenter, but... You know, I, I, I almost wonder, like, where the battle for, you know, that versus is there a value in continuity? Vers, you know, because Trotz, you know, I mean, he did mix and match at times, but, you know, he seemed a little more set on a doghouse style approach. So I kind of, I don't know where that balance is. Do you?
1: I do not know. And, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, do we really know? It's so we hard don't. to figure out, like, what the character of a coach is. Like, we yes. don't really under- know who Reardon is, right? Like, he hasn't had a ton of... We know he doesn't efforts. like Dimitri Yaskin
0: for some reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And, okay, whatever whatever you do with that information, right? Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> like with uh, with Boudreaux, you knew because he wouldn't shut up. Yes. With Oates, you knew because he wouldn't shut up and was an idiot. Yes. With Boudreaux, like... i was sorry, with with Trotz, you knew because, you know, he, he had good PR and he was a wonderfully, like, good talker. and. Uh, yes. He played, a, like, a very discernible style yes um i don't know if we have that same information from your reardon yet uh which is why i've been so like wishy-washy about like hot seat and who's really making what decisions and who's you know in trouble and that kind of stuff
0: yeah well i think i think it's tricky too because you know i think whenever we and this is always my frustration with narrative driven things is i you know there's so much that we don't know about and and like i mean i'll give you like an example when katie carrera did that you know an insane expose right on the oats years and was kind of the as soon as this piece gets published oh there's no chance that oats is going to get retained you know i i know those the timing on that isn't perfect but whatever so but again that like even then there's stuff that we're missing and so with anything that's going to be narrative focused it's The amount that we know as fans and even the amount that we know that like media people know, you know, or people that are like somewhat related to the team or anything like that, is just going to be so limited. And, you know, I think that whenever we start, you know, going into narrative stuff, it's just going to be there's going to be stuff that we're missing. And there's going to be things going on behind the scenes that, you know, if they were to be peeled back, it would just, you know, be I think our context on that would be completely different.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And that Carrera piece that you're talking about in in, in Russian machine, we call that the flamethrower. Yes. Like we like it's like a legendary article to us. Like, yes. that's the one you write when you're a beat writer and you need access to be a beat writer. And then as soon as you know, you don't want to be a beat writer. Anymore, just <laughs> yeah, Well, because that was the, like, one of the, the last ground.
0: pieces she published, right?
1: I, yeah. There may have been one or two more and they were just like dry these pieces, but she never got like another access story after that. Like she didn't need one. She was done. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a great story. It was great.
0: It was incredible. And I mean, like the amount of people that she was able to get on record too. Like I yeah, mean, there was like the capital coach or whatever. Yeah. Twice.
1: Oh my goodness. That <laughs> yeah, was insane. That was... Um okay. yeah, perhaps you're right. Like you don't you don't know from the outside. And like this is a thing that like uh, I've been just trying to like figure out, and no one will no one will say anything to me, like no. even on like background, but like what exactly is the reporting structure? What is the org chart inside the capitals like front office and in like the bench? I don't I don't know exactly. Like no I hate knows. I hate the way the power play has been running. Yes. But I don't know if that's Blaine Forsythe doing it. And uh, uh, was it Kevin over uh, over there that wrote that great piece about um, uh, basically like expected goals against versus actual goals against and how the Caps are like, you know, underperforming that metric for the first time in a, in a long time. Yes, and yeah, now- yeah, yeah. Kevin's I, been all he,
0: over that for us.
1: Yeah, I thought that was an excellent story. And like he sort of like identifies ReCashman. I, I endorse that thought, but like, it's still, like, it's our best guess in, like, an opaque wall in a dark room where you only really get to see the output and you don't get to see the gears turning to to render that output.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. All right, so one thing that did break uh, with the Capitals deadline is uh, they, I think, one player that, you know, might not have... Been in a doghouse of Todd Reardon, but was definitely in a doghouse of salary cap. Was uh, I don't know. That analogy was pretty crappy, but whatever. I'm gonna roll with it at this point. <laughs> <I like laughs> uh, Christian Jews has been traded. Uh, I you know I think that he is probably an NHL defenseman that you know just they pay the one won the money in arbitration and uh, you know in an evil capitalistic society has been banished because of that. Um. So uh, I you know I think that uh, this is gonna get me in trouble with JP but whatever. Uh, But anyway, so um, he has been traded for uh, Daniel Sprong of uh, Anaheim, I think is where he is now. And uh, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, you know, I think it was pretty clear Jews was passed in the depth chart. And, you know, Sprong isn't, like, Totally useless, I guess. But, you know, he's definitely not going to be, like, in the Capitals lineup, I think, anytime soon. But I don't know. W- would you have pulled the plug on this Juice experiment? Do you think the Cap's hands were tied? Like, kind of, what are your pro- thoughts processing this? And keep in mind, I know that this just happened. So if the thoughts aren't complete yet, I very much understand.
1: I feel like I'd already crystallized to uh, to my diagnosis of the, the Juice situation because it, it's been static for a long time. Yes. Right? Christian Juice... uh maybe four or five games into the Kane series uh, when the Caps got eliminated in the first round last year, got yeah. benched. He was paired with Brooks Orpic and he got beat. I don't remember if he got beat down low and then Orpic got beat in front of the net, something like that, but, or maybe he had a turnover and then Orpic got beat. Anyway, he got like, like
0: beat on the boards or something too, if I remember correctly. That sounds
1: right. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, after that, uh, basically like everyone soured on him and said, listen, we like this player, but we don't trust him in the playoffs when things get heavy. That's yeah. me. Like, like imagine what they're saying. I think that's nonsense, personally. Yeah. I, I do think Juice got beat on that play. I think he's definitely an NHL player, yeah. and I would be knowing how like things are in Anaheim's system right now. I would not be surprised if he gets an NHL look, and Sprung does not. Because you're right, Sprung yeah. is like a, an AHL player. And he's a good AHL player, yeah. uh, and he like it. it I don't he's know fine. exactly yeah. with the like the. The fortunes are for Hershey, like if they're looking good uh, for a Calder Cup run, but he'll be an important piece of that. Uh, and I don't know how important Juice was either. I have to admit, I'm, I, I'm a little bit blinded uh, below the NHL level right now. But the, yeah, I'm, I'm bummed out because I thought Juice was a better option at at some times this season than some of the the defensive core that the caps have had which isn't doesn't mean I'm like a hater of anybody on the roster but I like, I'm not convinced of like Michael Kempney's health and yeah. Nick Jensen seems to have some like maybe like partnering or assignment problems especially like I don't know I don't I don't want to like bury anybody but like the caps have had some trouble in break uh, sorry breakouts and transition yes. play yeah. And I don't want to say that, like, defensive problems are necessarily the problems of players who play the defensive position. I know that seems, like, obvious, but obviously, like, at the same time, offense and defense are all collaborative effort of all five skaters on the ice at the same time. And yeah. the forwards seem to have been a little bit more guilty of, of causing problems in the defense. Still, I think Juice could have helped with some of the circumstances, and I would rather have seen them give Michael Kempney more time to re- recover from his injury and then come back. I, I don't want to say that like Michael Kempney's been like the single fault, because I don't think he has. No. And uh, you know, Nick Jensen's certainly had uh a bunch of uh I think what actually H- J. J.P. profile mistakes, mistakes maybe would be like the way I would say it. Yeah. Well so, so um JP a bunch of years ago wrote an article I think is about Dimitri Orloff Dimitri Orlov and the big mistake. Yes. Which is like Picking up like a single anecdote, especially of a player, like when it like when it burns that player, that doesn't necessarily represent like the underlying pattern of their play. Yeah, uh, and especially if it like speaks contrary to their value, like it's something that like gets stuck in people's heads more. Yeah, and with Nick Jensen, there's nothing else to stick into your head because he's a different like he's not an offensive player at all. He's, he's notoriously snake bit. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I wish you know, Christian Juice could have gotten more looks at the NHL level, but I understand he didn't, and I'm actually excited for him to get some play out in, in Anaheim. That's worked for other caps players in the past. Matty Perot famously got his second second wind out there. And yeah. you know, he's a good player now. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I think it's interesting too. You
0: know, I mean, I think Anaheim is at the point where they're really bad and uh you know, like he's gonna get some time, presumably, I would hope. You know, it's they're not they're not a capped out team or anything like that, you know. If you're if you're Anaheim, why not just play him like on the second pair? and see you know oh, i mean yeah. like he he woogie played you know not insignificant minutes during the caps cup run right you know and so it's not you know it, he obviously wasn't going to be someone who you know put on for like the most important minutes but he, he's definitely i think an nhl player so you know i think it's yeah. going to be interesting
1: um yeah i, I think he's just like uh michael delzato or something i don't, I don't remember yeah. the, the chart out there but i think i, I think he can Impressing, folks.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's useless by any stretch of the imagination. So, I, you know, and, and actually, it's funny, because it transitions to, you talk, you reference this piece uh and the big mistake, and it talks about a player that I know that we agree with, uh or agree about, because I, you know, we've tweeted back and forth about Dmitry Orlov a little bit, and, um, you know, I'm at the point now where, uh, you know, I, underlying, he's, he's declined a little bit, right, you know, from where he was at the start of the year, but I... I continue to be impressed with Orlov in a way that maybe Carlson, look, he's going to get points. He's probably still going to get the Norris. You know, maybe I'm, and obviously we talk about the big mistake. I have the Carlson getting completely posterized by Malkin yesterday and my brain a little bit, but Carlson, you know, the underlying numbers for him maybe aren't as strong, at least defensively. So I don't know, where are you in terms of, I guess, I kind of compounded two different questions in my head. But one, you know, what is the real value of John Carlson? And two, you know, do you think that, you know, Orlov maybe is perhaps a little maybe undervalued or whatever? And kind of why do you think that is?
1: Um, I mean, like, if I were to, like, do a vicious stack ranking of the Washington Capitals defenders, yes, I think I start with Dmitry Orlov as the best. Yeah, I, I just I think he's extremely dependable. Uh, like, I think people see like if pe- the biggest criticism people put against him is that he's a turnover machine, which is like a perverse indication of yeah. him being a puck carrying machine it means
0: he has the puck a lot. Exactly.
1: Yeah, he's he's a really he's a super important part of the caps currently weakest area, yes. which is carrying the puck through neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe it's been like bad passes through neutral. I don't I don't know. I should spend some more time with the tape. But yeah. Um, I think Dimitri is a world-class player and one that's been sort of saddled with expectations that he's never been able to meet. Like even since like you know 2011, 2012, yeah. people expected him to be an offensive defenseman like John Carlson is, yeah. and he's just not that. He just doesn't have that shot rate. He's a he's a passer, and he yeah. doesn't typically get any lower than the dots, yeah. uh, which John Carlson very frequently does. And Carlson will hop into you know rushes way deeper than 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 Orlov will. Meanwhile, yeah. Orlov will. He doesn't get a ton of buzz for this lately, but like he used to be able to put up like a couple gigantic hits like. And this is the thing that like, doesn't have a huge impact on games, but has yeah. a huge impact on people loving him. Like he used to put these like submarine hip checks on people. The the Colorado doesn't...
0: one, right, if I remember yeah. correctly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Like a legendary hit. It was yes. great. So I, I think the world of Dmitri Orlov, uh, but I don't think, you know, he'll ever. I wish I wish he could get into Norris conversation. Um I mean, like I wish he would play such that he would deserve it. I mean, yes. Carlson, yeah, people have like the idea that like his offense is empty calories and I could see it for some respect. I, I I hate to do this, but like, I'm, I have like a boring opinion on John Carlson, which is that I think he's kind of boring. Like yeah. he puts up points and he's not great defensively. And some of the points he gets are on other people's, you know, goals. So like he gets a lot of benefit from playing with Kuznetsov and, and Ovechkin. But yeah. then again, those guys get points because he's given them pretty damn good passes. I think Carlson's passing is underrated. And I, I say think that it's gotten three a years lot out. better
0: too. Like, cause yeah. I think that, when yeah, he exactly. first went three on the PP, one, it was a struggle a bit, you know, and I think he's yeah. gotten much better at it.
1: Absolutely. I think he's at, you know, Mike green levels of, of, you know, doing a very simple job, but doing it under a lot of pressure. Yeah. Just put the puck where he needs it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like him a lot. Uh, I, I don't know, but, but I do think he's a, you know, a boring player and I wouldn't say he's first class, but i also like when people say like what well, is going with the norris i think we always have to like accept that like, the norris is a weird culturally constructed old boys thing voted on by you know people in a, in a club that i'm not a member of and therefore i don't like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so I, I i i'm not i don't think the world of you know people of, of what people vote for when it comes yeah. to the norris um, but but like is he better than any other you know, defender on the Caps besides Orloff? probably. Yeah. Right. I, I, mean, I don't I can't know who think else of... you would put there, right? You know. No, and and I was looking at like I was pulling this numbers, and this is you know months out of date now, and everything's been been turned down. But like Carlson, I think this season, especially up until maybe like two months ago, has had done some really important, like honestly, it was just more transition play work. Yeah. Like he, him and the top line were dominant during five on five in a way that they have never been yeah Uh, up until like a month or two ago and that's why like as much as this period right now sucks and it does suck yeah like if if they can recapture or just identify or maybe just need to get some rest and get back to where they were playing in november they can absolutely win a cup if you activate alex ovechkin in the in the playoffs as well as the the team did you know in late october that's going to be a walk yeah so uh yeah i'm 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 optimistic and i uh I have been really impressed by John Carlson at times, but there's enough weaknesses there that you're gonna have a hard time telling me that he's like, you know, a one elite player. Yeah. He's uh he's uh, there's gonna be tons of like players that are like inflated because they play with play with OV. And...
0: No, agreed, agreed. And uh, the other thing I think we've been talking a little bit at at Japers Rank about, and I'm curious if you guys have too, is. Is there a role maybe for, and I always struggle with doing this, but, you know, is there a role for a Orlov-Carlson pair at times? You know, maybe selectively, because I think that... Uh, you know, when I ran the numbers on this, uh, also a couple of months ago, you know, life happens, um, you know, they, they were like, I think pushing like 60, 65% shot share and expected goals. Right. And that's huge, you know, but at the same time, the balance is, you know, then, then you're probably playing a Kempney-Gudis pair or, you know, Siegenthaler and someone, and, you know, that's, that's a, that's a lot of vulnerability. So I don't know, do you, do you see a role for a pair like that at any point? You know, is there a, like you know, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm kind of openly speculating about that right now.
1: Heck yes, I do. Know. I, I, I think it's a great question because I think it should absolutely be on the table, especially when you're in this you know seven game chess match situation in yeah. the playoffs. So um, I don't know. Let's let's say, and it gets more difficult with like playoff moves. But like if you're going up against, I don't know, like um, let's say it's you know Carolina's top line or you know or like you know Savchenkoff or something like that, yeah. like one of these like super productive players. That may be a good thing to do like a hard matchup with uh Orlov and Carlson against yeah. or God help us Crosby and, and Jason Zucker. Like oh, if Lord. that's the top line that they've got now. Like God help <laughs> us, right? Like that'd be an excellent you know application of that. I mean you still do have those weaknesses and I would stick irons in my eyes if it's good as company on the second pairing together. I don't think they should play together oh, that's at all. Terrifying. I ter- yeah. Ter- but but I I, I yeah, I, I think there's I have a lot of time for Orloff Carlson as a pairing.
0: Yeah. No uh, agreed.
1: Would love to see it, uh, but you're right. It does. It does make them top heavy in a way that reminds me of, like, the Oates oh, Capitals in some ways.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's, it's a, that's always the balance, right, you know, because you look at other teams, you know, do they just put, you know, I know that the Sharks when they were kind of at their top, you know, where they, they were running at times, you know, Carlson Burns, you know, which isn't going to be the greatest defensive <laughs> pairing in the history of the world, although, obviously, Eric Carlson's good defensively, too. But, you know, I think it's, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, how different teams kind of stack it. Um, one other player that I kind of want to talk about, because I know that we, agree on him but i think has been uh, you know uh, jacob rana is someone that you know i think he i wrote the piece on this a couple of months ago saying he's we're now at the point where he's like a you know i think top 30 nhl winger and maybe even higher than that and i you know and then he of course he as soon as i writes that you know doesn't score then he's been a little kind of up and down inconsistent but i don't know to me i look at a jacob rana and say wow he is really kind of developed before our own eyes and this is someone that's a really valuable asset to the capitals at this point so i don't know are you in a similar place with rana and you know where do you think do you think he's this is going to be you know he's going to keep developing do you think where he is right now is going to be kind of where he sits i, I don't know kind of what are your thoughts on the maturation and development of rana
1: i think top 30 is an interesting place for him because I, I would put him right around there yeah. um i mean there's some teams like uh west where i i I think he would be the best for they have. Yes. You know, typically like you're, you're a couple of your California teams. Maybe Anaheim. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Anaheim in LA. Honestly, yeah. like, I mean, like what, LA has what, like Kopitar Brown and uh, Jeff Carter right now. Yeah. And what they're like, a lot, all a lot 30, of miles on those likes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Like, so like uh, if I could have Jacob Rana, uh, I'd be super happy about it. And the thing that Jacob Rana doesn't have in DC that he would have anywhere else is power play time. Yes, he's gotten more of it, or at least he had more of it over the last couple of months. But he only got you know one goal out of it. He's, I mean, at five on five, he's been what as productive as anybody else in the league. As I mean, he's he's way up there, or at least I'm sure he's cooled off as the teams gotten trashy. But yeah, he's still going to be he's going to have an a, you know excellent season. And it just, I mean, I hate to like turn it around, but it just the Caps are going to kick themselves for not for doing a bridge deal instead of doing a long term yeah. deal like they should have done. Yeah, that's uh, one where I think the cat not going out. up really killed him. Yeah. And uh, like um he's going to want more ice. Like he he's he's stuck behind Alex Ovechkin in the depth chart.
0: Yeah.
1: And like like Obi's going to resign. <laughs> so <laughs> I would like, imagine they're going to Yeah, so like that that's going to do some stuff to the salary cap. That's going to do stuff to, to the stack ranking. And you know after next season uh what he'll be what 25 26. So he'll be at the end of his scoring peak, Yeah. but he'll still be well, who knows if GMs will know that. Like, he, you know, he's going to make $7,000, $7, 000, $7 million a year. Yeah. I think on his next contract. But he'll still be an RFA. So the caps are in a little bit of a good position there. Yeah. But if I were them, I'd try to extend him as soon as possible. Um, because he's he's only gonna get better between this year and next year. Uh, and if they give him more opportunity, that'd be excellent as well.
0: Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. And I think it's I think
1: This is it, fun, right? All your questions are like, here's something else we agree about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, it's good, it's good. No, I think it's uh I think it's good too, because I think that, you know, there's a lot of kind of narrative. I don't know, whatever, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna embrace the explicit ranking, like, narrative bullshit right now about, like, the Capitals, like, various players, and I get frustrated with it because I think that, you know, yeah, the last 20 games have been frustrating, but, you know, like... I think we have a lot of sample that the Capitals are probably a pretty good team and is, are probably a really good team. And, you know, I think that at times, you know, it's easy to kind of fall prey to the, you know, oh, the immediacy of like, OK, you know, we are, you know, they've been struggling recently. And, you know, it's I think it's boring to write the article of, oh, well, you know, they've been struggling and everything has maybe gotten worse. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. Right. And I think that that's something that I struggle with a little, too. And it's I don't know, you you write about hockey more frequently than I do these days because I'm a lawyer and I have to like, you know, I don't know, just started and yada, yada. Life is kind of interjected. But I don't know. where. I guess what do you how do you kind of balance that, you know, of the difficulty of kind of, you know, needing to embrace the narrative at some points, but not others?
1: That's a really tough one. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know if there's a like- good answer to that question, honestly.
1: No, because like the answer ultimately becomes like your kind of like philosophy or like your pedagogy on looking at hockey. Because I, it, it's it's absolutely tough. Like my default position is to think that everything that I can't find like substantial evidence for is total fiction. Yeah. Until, but but I'm sure that's not that's that's probably <laughs> an overreaction, right? Um, and like, but but yeah, like you know, there's just there's so much stuff like, uh, you know. Ah, stuff that people don't even say anymore because it would just rob them of all credibility. Like, oh, that fight turned the momentum of the game. Like, no one says that anymore because yeah. either the team can <laughs> get that momentum. It's it's totally arbitrary who yeah. you know gets that. So whatever it is, yeah. Um, the Caps, like, whatever the Caps are doing wrong right like now, like, I didn't see any evidence that the Caps have been struggling because they were trying to get his 700th goal. I didn't yeah. see a lick of that. Like, I didn't see them. At Ovi was off the ice for 45 minutes a game and they still got destroyed from those <laughs> minutes, right, you know? Yeah. Um, and and I mean, like he, no,
0: uh, he he wasn't the reason the fourth line stopped scoring.
1: Right. And and why did the fourth line stop scoring? I don't know. Yeah. So, like, I'm open to a narrative, especially if it's, like, a starting point, like a frame for me to, like, investigate and, and look at things and see what's going on. And, you know, the, the stuff that always gets me to, like, I, sometimes it's really gratifying to see something wrong in a game and then maybe like consult data and, you know, you have all you can start with is like a hypothesis, like a general feeling, hey, something's wrong with this. Something seems off with this player. Yeah. And then, you know, it turns out, wow, in the last few months, this player, you know, is getting not just out like outscored, but outchanced or like, you know, the ratio of, of their, uh you know, on ice shot attempts to their on ice, like high danger chances got super jacked up, which means, you know, it can speak to. Some like, defensive problems or, or like yeah. too many rush chances against. Um, but that's not what's happening with the Capitals because you can't isolate it to a single player or a single line or a single defensive pairing. It's totally across the board. So I don't know. Coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. lost. Like, I like, yeah. why are they bad? I I, I, I don't know. What? And you don't see it in the number. All you see in the numbers is that they are bad. Yes. Like and like that, you know, like it's happening during even strength. Yeah. But uh, it's tricky,
0: too, because I like in years past, like there would be these, you know, like I think easier solutions. Right. You know, of like, well, there was like one year, I think, where it was just like very clear that Carl Osner couldn't skate anymore. Right. You know, and like that he was the the hernia injury was just not it was going to be very tough for him to play. It was like, okay, well, you know, if you substitute him with Nate Schmidt, you know, that's going to help things. But like there doesn't seem like there's like that one super easy fix this year.
1: There was like a really I mean, the most famous one of that ever is, wow, they sure are giving John Carlson tons of really tough minutes so that Madison Bowie could be sheltered. Yes. And <laughs> Madison Bowie, even though he shelter is getting destroyed. And then they send Madison Bowie down. They sign Michael Kempney. Will he trade for Michael Kempney? Yeah. And then they can get John Carlson better minutes and everything goes better. And hey, the cash just want to stay the cup like yeah. that. That it wasn't obviously it wasn't that simple and there's other stuff that happened and they changed some defensive system or stuff. But like this is this isn't like that. And no. so I have to be a little more open minded about stuff <laughs> that said the the OB seven hundred goals thing is I think was a lark. I don't think there's anything to it.
0: Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um all right. Well, um I guess one more question before the break about capital's stuff. Um it, th- so we got like what, twenty games left, I think nineteen or something like that. What do you uh, in your opinion, what would constitute a successful end like, you know, stretch run? Like, it, it, do you just want to see them play better? Do you want to see them win the division? Do you want to see them get an advantageous first-round matchup? Like, what do you see as a success for the last 19 or so games of the year?
1: I'd be delighted if they win the President's Trophy. Like, yeah? I, I would very much like it. it, it uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I guess Boss knows it right now. Yeah. Uh, and Ward about- knows Tampa
0: Bay is running <laughs> Going for it, yeah.
1: too. So, so... I think have gone a lot better in the East, but I'll settle for them just getting back to decent. Yeah. At at five on five. Like if they can get, you know, like maybe if, if Ovi can score a handful of power play goals between now and the end of the season, and like maybe they get some like rush looks on the power play. Like yeah. we see them moving the puck through neutral pretty well, maybe get like a new carry-in scheme into the offensive zone. Like yeah. Even if we just see like that kind of stuff, I don't even care about the win-loss record. They'll make the playoffs. They could be the seven seed. It, it's not a huge. That's not that's yeah. not a, a you know make or break situation. Yeah. So uh, it's not
0: like they're going to be playing Boston or Tampa in the first round, right? You know, like they're going to be I, playing like Carolina or Philly or the Islanders, a team I would definitely very much want to play. Uh, you know, so yeah. After
1: today, I mean, I know we'll talk about this yeah. in a minute, but all three of those teams, I would be okay with as of right now. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah I, I'm I, curious to hear. Your I thoughts just want to see the, them not suck the because. They yeah. really have like gen- I mean, it's it's not fun to say this, but I think the team has sucked since the the, the all star break and maybe like a, a couple of days before that. Yeah. And so if I just see them play like they did right before Christmas. Yeah, that would be oh, that that such would a be, beautiful I- time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was before, you know, we had to put, you know, 11 goals together in, in eight games or something like, like we don't need that much. No, we don't like honestly, Ovi being that good. Delayed the diagnosis and the identification of the caps are doing terrible because that L A game
0: oh, with the beginning goodness, of February yeah.
1: was one of the worst things they've ever done. It was like not watchable, not... <laughs> right? A- a- except it was the best thing to watch ever for yeah, the last five the minutes. Last five minutes. Right. So, um, <laughs> I, oh, you goodness. know, I don't need fireworks for ov movie. We just need to see. I don't know them. Them look like. A professional hockey team. Again. Yes. <laughs> <That> <laughs> Somewhere uh north of Detroit and Buffalo, I'd be happy with it.
0: Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh all right, well yeah. Hopefully better than Detroit, who is already eliminated from playoff contention, which uh yeah, that's uh kind of remarkable at this point. Um Beautiful. so yeah, all right. Well, uh that being said, we're gonna take a quick break here. On the other side, uh I'm gonna consult Peter's very helpful uh open thread on uh, we're gonna go through some uh trade deadline deals. So uh stay tuned. Welcome back to Japers and Ricardo still joined here by Peter. So, uh, Peter, I, I think we, we talked a little bit about places that we agree. One thing that I'm curious, though, to hear is your opinion about what the Carolina Hurricanes did. So... To kind of give people an overview, they got uh, Vincent Trocheck from uh, the Panthers in a move that I still don't really understand what the Panthers are doing. But, you know, maybe maybe you have a better idea of it than I do. Um, I do not. Uh, yeah. spoiler, I do not know. No, I'm baffled by it, keep too. Keep going. Um, but I
1: don't not, I do not know.
0: No. OK. All right. But that was uh, I think it was the big move that they made that. Oh, they got Vatan in, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. You, I think, on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, recently said, you know, you're not in love with Carolina right now. And I think I'm with you ever since the Dougie Hamilton injury. That's something that, you know, I don't even know if they're a playoff team at, at this point, which is kind of remarkable given, you know, their shot share and goal share numbers are still insanely high. Um, I don't know. Where 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 are you on, on Carolina these days? And uh, is that still, you know, if they were to creep into the playoffs, is that still a nightmare first round matchup for the Caps? Or are you maybe a little more down on them?
1: So let me start with the last part of that. If the Caps were to play against them in the playoffs, I would be delighted. But they still have Svechnikov, Sebastian Aho, even Justin Williams. They have some amazing players in the team that are not yet injured. Yeah, but <laughs> they've been devastated by injury. I thought they were going to improve their their goalie situation too. Yeah, they did not. No, they did um, not. That was weird. Yeah, that that one was kind of a surprise to me. And like, uh, um. Vatnine and Trocheck, I don't think are unambiguous upgrades. Yeah, I understand moving. Uh, I guess like Hallmark and I'm sorry, Hallmark, Ericola. Hallmark and Ericola, and and right? Yeah, got, <laughs> got traded uh, away. For, I guess that was in the Trocheck one. I just don't. I don't think that those are not like. I don't know. I don't. I, okay, sorry for like using like a shorthand here, but like I don't. This isn't like a. a these aren't like Moneyball. Uh, You know Eric Tulsky moves that I was sort of hoping for from them, Um, which doesn't mean that like maybe I missed the value there. But uh, they, I don't think they're a better team after the deadline than they were two months ago. Yeah. uh, You know, or Dougie got hurt, and I, I think Dougie Hamilton is a is a world class player. Uh, But yeah, honestly, I, I have a feeling they're going to stumble in. They may open up a little bit of space for for uh, the Islanders too.
0: Yeah or or maybe if uh you know uh Columbus you know wants to say uh wow you know it doesn't matter that now our best forward defenseman and goalie at one various points have been hurt this year maybe maybe they maybe they sneak in somehow you know even though that kind of still defies imagination that they would or defies logic that they would get in
1: yeah 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 i don't i don't i don't know but uh it, it almost makes me want like it's it's like it's there for the capitals to get as near as they can to the number one spot, like we said before the break. Yeah. Um, because the, the players that are going to be in those wildcard spots, I know, you, you might even be better off trying to get like whoever, like the third seed is yeah. in the Atlantic, <laughs> but um, like those wild card spots, there could be, there's a big drop off between the elite teams and the, you know, the bottom of the playoffs. This yeah. Year. It seems like there's like it, a clear
0: top four in the East to me. And then, right. you know, after that, it kind of drops off pretty
1: quickly. Boston, Tama, Pittsburgh, and, Washington if they weren't bad for last month yeah, yeah. I think okay. I that's right I buy and, that. and
0: even even bad you know if Washington just kind of picks it up and plays like middling to okay you know I still you know I think they still have enough talent and kind of the experience you know to kind of at least I would imagine you know I mean they were they were kind of middling at points last year too you know and then they all still almost beat Carolina a team that turned out was really good last year so you know I don't I don't know what you know I, I I think there is a pretty clear top four, you know. Uh, like I said, assuming at least the Capitals aren't playing Detroit redlings level hockey going into the playoffs.
1: But but you're right though. Even if they are playing just like meh hockey, yeah, like if they roll the hard six and have like you know Kuznetsov and Ovi turn it on and and Holtby plays like 2018 Holtby. Well, late 2018 Holtby, yeah. not early 2018. Then or, then, or, or last
0: like five to ten games
1: Holtby, who's actually
0: very quietly been a little better.
1: Yeah. 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 So like that that. Can win a series even if you've got you know systemic problems and you've yeah. seen teams i mean not not in the last few years but you've seen teams win a cup I, i'm, I'm most thinking about like tim thomas and the, the yeah that was of, like, the boston team was i had in my head they weren't that they weren't that good but they had some damn good gold hitting yeah. and like there's a lots of different ways to win a championship and the capitals could explore that even if like, they if they pull a bad opponent which kind of seems like they might yeah and and get a little lucky which yeah I don't that's not the way I want them to model success, but it could be a way to get there.
0: Hey, yeah, you never know. Um, all right, so Pittsburgh is the other big team I need to talk about because well, there's actually two two other teams. But Pittsburgh is one of them. Um they got Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sherry in a trade that, you know, I Feel and and then getting Patrick Marlowe too in trades that you know just to me feel like uh, these are going to be players that you know immediately go on the Penguins and kill the Capitals in the playoffs at some point. Uh, am I am I being overly pessimistic? You know, what are, where are you where are you on Pittsburgh these days? Uh, you know, with kind of at least you know I know going into the deadline they were kind of terrifying. So I don't know where where are you on Pittsburgh?
1: They like evaded detection all season. I guess for a couple they reasons. Did. One. Because the genius NHL schedulers didn't put one of the best rivalries together until, what, the beginning February. of February? Yeah. That's the one of the dumbest scheduling things yeah. I've, I've seen this league do in years. Yes. Second, <laughs> um, uh, they had so many injuries you know, early in the season, right? Big chunks of games missing by a bunch of really important players. And then, like, the players that were being released, like Brian Rust was putting up major numbers for a while, which is yeah. just kind of surprising. Aspen I reason. Mean, Reese had been,
0: like, one of the best defensive forwards in hockey.
1: That's wild. I yeah. would not expect that at all. <laughs> um, like, and that's an extremely like uh, a Pittsburgh Penguinsy thing to do to be yes. like, Hey, this player that's playing with Sidney Crosby all of a sudden is amazing. Go yeah. figure. Right. But um, <laughs> like looking at their, their deadline moves, like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on the ones they did on the deadline itself. But I think that Jason Zucker oh. is an extremely special player. Yeah. And what he did for Minnesota for so long, like I think, I don't next know to what really nobody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and driving like like if you talk about the gap between like pure shot volume and then like the things that inform what like be like an like an expected goals calculation, like yeah. uh, you know, quality of those shots, Zucker has been really dependable at improving quality even beyond just pure shot volume. He's been yeah. a really special player and for a while I was like did Bruce Boudreau just solve hockey? Like, <laughs> obviously, they never took the next step. Yeah. Because they've had, they've had absolutely terrible general management up there. Like, oh, my god, yeah. got fired. But I, I'm really glad that Zucker got a new opportunity. I'm terrified that he got it inside the Metropolitan Division. Because oh, yeah. oh, I think he'll be an amazing player for them. And, and that line could be dominating. Uh, I, I Patrick Marlowe, like, was, is he going to be – so he's gonna be like three C. Yeah, he's that's like- kind of
0: that's kind of where I was gonna have had him pegged in my head, you know, like yeah, it's which is like I guess fine, right? Like I don't I like I mean I think the question is can he skate at all? That's
1: you know I mean mm-hmm. like we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I, I have no idea either. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but just, like to think about like that team if it's the same problem. It's been for more than 10 years and in that, or 12 years. And in those 12 years, they've won three cups. So it's yeah. not a huge problem, but like what happens when Malkin and Crosby are both off the ice. Yeah. And like, you, don't, you know, they haven't had Jordan stall in a long time. They're going to try and have somebody sort of play that. Like I'm super dependable. I'm playing the, the, uh, the playbook perfectly every time. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not super creative. I don't have the first stride, but he's a, He's a playmaker. He's always he always has been. Yeah. Uh, I, and if it doesn't work out, what are you gonna do? Just put him on the fourth line or make him a healthy scratch. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. So, I I, I think that could be a a great solve for them. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. <sighs> They're uh, terrifying. Connor Shuri, whatever. I don't care about <laughs> Connor Sheary. Yeah. Evan Rodriguez. I could see going either way. Yeah. Um, it it makes me confused about exactly what Buffalo was going for. Oh, um, Buffalo. Okay. I, we need to talk one about the most Buffalo. confusing teams at the deadline.
0: Explain the Wayne Simmons trade to me.
1: <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. No, no. So, and, and like at rush machine, like we've got a bunch of like, uh, people on the team and, and people we like collaborate with yeah. that are Buffalo fans.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and aside from that just being a horrible life choice for them, yeah. like it's, they're, they're saying like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Like the team's okay. And I'm like, no, they're not okay. They're like what kind of message is Botterill sending? Yeah. I think, I, I feel like this is like a, uh, on like a parlay attempt, like him to yeah. say like, no, look, look, we're not, we're, we're still going for it. Like, yeah, no, we're you're doing not. something. <laughs> but, but like, that's, that's like the, op, that's yeah. not even tanking. I mean, Wayne Simmons, Wayne Simmons isn't is gonna, bad now. Not good. He's, yeah. he's he's he no, he hasn't been good see. at five on five yeah. in years. Yeah. He, he's just been like a power play specialist for like yeah. two years, right? Yeah. He does. And like Buffalo, isn't going to get on the power play a lot because they don't have the puck error. No. So I'm, I'm totally lost uh, yeah. at what that is. I th- honestly, I think they're just rearranging deck chairs. Yeah. Uh, and Jason I mean, Bob has got to... to
0: go at this point, right? Like, this is, this yeah. Is
1: bad. They can't even just fire him. They have to erect a scaffold and decapitate <laughs> him, or else the, the, the fans are going to do it for him.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I, just I, like. a mess. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it was uh, Dimitri Filipovich had this. i uh, just. Everyone should just follow him on Twitter and just immediately retweet everything he says, but I think he had this tweet recently about, you know, how bad the the Sabres are when Jack Eichel's not on the ice, because kind of the low-key, like, amazing thing about the Sabres this year is they're wasting, like, a, you know, heart-caliber year. (laughs) <laughs> by uh by Icle and it's uh, that's a team that you know that was that was the one deadline move like a lot of the deadline moves like I don't love them and we'll talk about Paggio in a second but you know like that was one where I just like started laughing when I saw that cuz I'm like this just makes no like logical sense.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I yeah. didn't I didn't understand it one bit.
0: Agreed. Um okay, so Paggio. Um I think when that trade was made, you know, we there was a lot of thought of, wow, that's a lot to give up. And I think that's still kind of where we are is, wow, that's a lot to give up. So I don't know, like, to me, I look at the Islanders and I say, you know, there was a lot of talk at the start of the year of, oh, is Trotz going to do devil magic again? And this is what he does is he suppresses all offense. And then, you know, all of a sudden, then the percentages started catching up to the Islanders. They fell back down to earth there, kind of on the playoff bubble, which is where I think I had them at the start of the year. I don't know, like, I don't see Pajot as like a huge answer to them because I, you know, I look at them and I think I see a team that really needs to score more. And I mean, Pajot's been riding what, like an 18% shooting percentage this year. I don't, I don't see dumping a ton of, you know, future assets to get him, you know, to maybe be a bubble team for the playoffs is really going to do that much. But I don't know. Are, are you in a different spot with the Islanders?
1: I'm an Islander hater. Yeah. I like, uh, I, I love Lane Lambert and yeah. I love Mitch Korn, Uh And that's great. everybody I love on the island uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Tota. But, but like, yeah, they're they've been trending down a lot lately yes. uh, as a team. And uh, but you're right, like, like they did sort of buy high on Pajot they and did. like help out a team that I really I mean, I, so like the, the Senators had to get rid of them because the Senators are so broke. Yes. That they couldn't afford to re sign him, I assume. Um, so Not like, as broke I, I, as the
0: Panthers, apparently, who have a directive to cut $10 million in salary.
1: Jeez, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. That's awful. Yeah. All um, right. But, anyways, yeah, <laughs> the
0: Senators are bad. And, and
1: uh, Yeah. Broke. So, like, and, and uh, I, 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 it's going to be like tough, right? Cause, like, I, I imagine the Islanders, like you said, they're a bubble team. That's kind of where I had them. I had them like missing the playoffs yeah. by a little bit. You know, I put maybe like, you know, C tier or something like that. Yeah. Um, Sounds about and right. I, I just like I, I would assume that like they're gonna get caught by like Carolina, uh, yeah. if they're not already. I don't know where the where the standings are th- right I now. I think
0: I think they're like tied or something like that. You know. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. I I don't I don't think Pedro helps them where they need to be helped because their problems are manifold. Right. Like they need they need a Vesna caliber goaltending. Yeah. Like, that's their that's their path to success right now yes. which is not a good path to success
0: no <laughs> no and riding weirdly high shooting percentages from a team that did not have a ton of offensive talent
1: which yeah. you know yeah and like yeah i like how like i don't know um conglomerated how like cohesive the team feels like at times you know it's like yeah. it's four lines of playing the same style but i don't i don't think they've got a lot of like extraordinary talent and maybe like they're hoping like oh maybe page will help us like tweak our, our the offensive side of pdo um maybe and that'd be a, such a weird decision to make though i i just think they wanted they were distracted by however many goals page has put up this season i don't even know how yeah, many that is yeah
0: um okay so let's see looking at you know kind of expanding out a little bit i think the one trade that i don't know let's talk about mike green for a second you know i don't know i i I was a little interested, like, it seemed like the Capitals were making a play for him, although with all trade deadline reporting, we don't know exactly how close they were and yada yada, but he goes to Edmonton to kind of an interesting little trade to me. Like, I don't know, do you think Green is cooked, like, is or do you think he has some value maybe to offer Edmonton a team that, keep in mind, you know, still is playing Adam Larson pretty big minutes?
1: So let, let me throw out... um what is like a big idea that I've like flirted with a few times in like some of my statistical writing yeah. and it's, it's a t- total like sloppy idea and I haven't like cohered at all, but I feel like when you're a team that's on the extremes of, you know, any particular like measurement of performance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we sort of like lose uh sense of like, Salience about what's happening with them, right? So, like, yeah, Detroit. It's it's really easy to identify, like, Detroit as not just like one of the worst teams in the NHL this season, but one of the worst teams in the NHL this like, decade. Ever, yeah. <laughs> like, they're just a god awful team. And so, I'm. I think when you hit like that far, you know, I'm like they're the 19 Bell points
0: curve. behind the Senators, by the way.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> just unspeakably bad. Yeah, when you're they when have you're, like, 34
0: that. points, 34.
1: <laughs> when you're like you know, seven standard deviations yes. away from your know, average. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not sure that like our measurements for those individual players, you know, survive like the controls that you would not put yeah, in place. To, like that's, isolate that's them from one another. Yeah. So I had like this, this was like my same, and it's much softer here, but, it, but like a couple years ago when the caps are having a lot of defensive problems with shot quality. Yeah. I wasn't sure that we were seeing Braden Holpe's talent level, um, even like it like controlled for expected goals. Like expected goals has a max value that it can attribute to a score to like a shot. Yeah. And I don't know if that max value goes as high as it needs to go to to like describe how bad some of like the offense or you know the, the opponent offense was that season. Yes. I, I wonder if it's the same which is only my way of saying I don't know what green yeah. is right now. Um and it's it's really clear that like his time at the end of uh Washington, he was shooting way less yes um like he was sort of like diminishing as a player and he absolutely bounced back after he left yeah and he had played and he had been a major role player for detroit um you know as they were getting terrible mm-hmm. um but i i think he's an extremely misunderstood player he was he should have been an olympia uh, an olympic athlete he should have been a norris winner in yes. my opinion um arguably and, a two-time
0: or he should have won it
1: like oh nine and ten yeah like that. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's an amazing player. I I, I I think he's uh fantastic, and I from what I understand, his really bad injury stuff is is years in the past now. Yeah. So um, you know, he's, he's been definitely a not, off like, and
0: on, I think, but he's been I think somewhat healthy over the last couple of years, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, so like if you put him, I mean, imagine him did in his his teammate, and I'll say the name wrong, but Andreas uh, Athanasou.
0: Athanasiu, I think.
1: Athanasiu, thank you. Yeah. He also went to Edmonton, right? He did.
0: He did. He did. He did.
1: Right. So so everyone's picking. Well, I guess Edmonton specifically is picking at the bones of the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. And they're going to have an extremely fast team that I think pairs extremely well with Mike Green's skill set, which is an awesome like uh, neutral zone pass. Like he's a great great first pass Yeah. So uh, I I, I still think Edmonton is, you know, a glass tiger. They're semi a fraud. They've got two amazing players and. Uh, not much else, yeah. but they've, <laughs> they've got a lot of speed, and now they've got like a tactical complement for speed. So yeah. I'm I'm excited to see where they go with it, but I have no idea if they'll be successful or not. And yeah. um uh, it's like one of those things that like I will uh tactically shut my mouth about my green being good or bad until I know if my green's good or bad. <laughs> and anyway, I won't be like That's
0: fair. That's fair. And then the, the the only other like obvious trade I think to talk about was uh so there there was one trade that I saw this and I'm like. This makes total sense, and I don't know why Like I didn't have this in my head, and that's Robin Leonard going to Vegas. And Vegas is a team that I think if I were a Pacific team would terrify me because they are now finally starting to play well. All of their underlying numbers are very, very strong, and now they have a competent 1B goalie. And, you know, then like, can all of a sudden start playing, you know, Fleury much more reasonable minutes because he's actually very quietly kind of struggled a little bit this year. So I don't know. That was a trade that I saw that and I'm like, wow, that just makes a ton of sense. I don't know where you kind of are on that, though.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I'm entirely on board with that. I I uh, have not liked Marc-Andre Fleury's performance this year. Obviously, Malcolm Subban wasn't going to get the job done, no. especially if they had to use him in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I was really confused when they made the goal the the coaching change from Gallant to to bear yeah and, that was a weird one and but but it seems to have worked well I mean, yeah i like, <laughs> think that it changed though it are really it was like i don't know i so i'm not to do a spoiler but i'm looking at like some like goalie or sorry coaching change impacts yeah uh and so looking for that on rush machine in a couple of days the i'm still there there are darn scary team they've got a bunch of really great players i think mark stone's sort of up there in like the the zucker conversation is like the least appreciated players in the nhl yeah uh and i i think laner should uh push flurry out of the the starting spot um you know flurry a couple weeks ago he was like five goals under expected yeah um which is not i don't know that's not that much but that's a loss that's you know uh, one one loss and uh at minimum, you know, they, they got, can they like, play on, like a backup and...
0: now, which would be, I think, good for both of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they, they should be a, there should be a lot deeper. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think we'll have, like, a competition down the, the stretch um, to, to see who gets, like, the starting spot in game one of the playoffs.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and they won't have to go up against uh, Cody Eakin and the uh, San Jose Sharks.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, wait, no, Cody Eakin was on the Golden Knights, and they win against the Sharks, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was the one that did the five-minute. Uh,
0: yeah, where the full-crap the, the, the five-minute penalty.
1: But if you
0: him? looked live, like looked like really bad. And then you like yeah. slowed down the replay. and Then you're like, oh yeah, that was like kind of an Is accident. It like
1: Pavelski that he hit.
0: I think that yeah, yeah, I think it was Pavelski. Yeah,
1: and and Pavelski came back. Okay, it, he so when, uh, Eakin's now in, in Winnipeg. I, yes, I read about that. And I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah he just got traded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like uh, I'm, I like that trade for them too because I think yeah. Eakin's been dead weight for a while now, and they that cleared up the salary cap money it necessary did. to it to did. get like a big piece like Laner. I don't like Laner like in any way other than I think he's a good at being a goalie. Yes. But he uh, <laughs> it seems like he's a really good match for them right now. Yeah. And I would say that like, they're probably the most complete team over the duration, of the entire season. Yes. Uh, you know, up there with Boston and Tampa. Uh, and I think like Tampa's sort of been like heating up as time went on. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I, I think they're, they're my favorite to come out of the, um, the West, especially considering like, you know, Colorado Just chose not to make a whole lot of big moves. Yeah,
0: which is like weird to me because I mean they have all that cap space, and I think one of the one of the and I guess we'll
1: kind of conclude our evaluation
0: of the trade deadline with this is um I don't know like to me yeah like Colorado seems like they're really well set up long term but things just end faster in the NHL than you think they do right and I don't know to me that was a little strange right like why not like. Make a big move, you know. There's there were some pieces at the deadline, you know, and I mean, having what like 19 million or whatever in cap space that they have is as an asset that you know, I think they might have been a little better served, you know, making a move, particularly in a Western Conference that doesn't really seem to have any like one elite team aside from maybe Vegas. So, I don't know, like, I don't would you have like done something more if you were Colorado? That was just a little baffling to me that they didn't really do all that much at the deadline,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm like looking at it right, they got you know, um. Uh, you know second third tier goalie in in Hutchinson they got yeah. the miss Nikop um who's fine but not great I, but i th- but i think they're a great team as is yeah that's true um i don't know like i they have enough like young talent they're so fast they're really really tough to play against not in like a heavy hockey kind of way but in, just in a damn y'all are skilled kind yeah. of way <laughs> um that like Honestly, my my two teams to come out of the West, uh, if it isn't Vegas, it would be Colorado. Those are the two teams like yeah. I like bet on. Um, and mm-hmm. I think they're both excellent hockey teams. Yes. But yeah, I mean, if you've got if you've got that much space, like the only thing that I worry about is like a roster limit at that yeah, point, because no, like, they've got a lot of efficiency. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there were there was there weren't like a lot of like, you know, elite players being moved at the deadline
0: yeah Kreider like, seemed like that was going to be an overpay if they had to do that
1: yeah and they didn't need like Muzzin I don't think they could have given Montreal anything I'm sorry Toronto anything for yeah I'm uh, um, sorry was it was it Muzzin that resigned or Barry what was I Muzzin thinking? resigned Barry okay, yeah, yeah, did not
0: get traded which was interesting that was the other. Me, but yeah right, right.
1: yeah Um. so yeah I don't think they needed help there like yeah those, those two teams are are, are darn good uh yeah. and i guess god, god help us it's like a chemistry thing right don't disrupt something that's working that could be right Because out, outside of those two teams the west is not good like yeah nashville i can't think i can't imagine shooting yourself in the foot as hard as nashville has oh winnipeg has had yeah. connor Hellebuck and nothing else yeah like it's it's just not a good conference no. three years removed from being like you know saying like the east is a joke compared to the west
0: yeah and i mean the other the other kind of stealth thing i think it's gone under the radar a little bit is uh the blues i you know like they're i think what the top points team in the west but they do not scare me whatsoever actually even though they just won the cup last year so i don't you know that's uh it's kind of an interesting little uh conference um all right well pete uh i got a couple of more questions for you on twitter um so then we'll then we'll get out of here um so Pat Holden from uh, your lovely site wants to know if you've watched uh, Love is Blind on Netflix yet.
1: Uh, I'll just say I'm not a fan either of Love is Blind or Pat Holden. <laughs> uh, he's now reaching out directly to my girlfriend Eileen and trying to convince her to make me watch it.
0: OK, <laughs> so it seems like
1: it's extremely unscrupulous. No, I don't. I don't watch any <laughs> reality television unless I like forget to turn the channel off Jeopardy. Yes. Um, and then, exactly. like, so, I like, I have accidentally watched, like, the first 15 minutes of, like, The Bachelor at times. Oh, and, yeah. and then the next day I can't compete at Jeopardy because I've lost whatever brain cells I needed to know <laughs> about, you know, 19th century British authors.
0: Yes. Um, and then I, I will also, va- the one thing I will say, not reality show-wise, but, like, Netflix show-wise, uh, I've, I've, I have enjoyed sex education. Like, you know, I think there's some problems with it, but I, I think on balance it's been pretty fun.
1: Not familiar with it, but I'll, I can give it a try yeah, if you recommend it. Yeah, give it a
0: it. shot. Um, and then, okay, we got one more question. Uh, Becca from our site said, uh, if we're going to talk about Overwatch, she's going to strangle me. But I, I, I'm going to reframe this thought, I think, in a way that will let you talk about something that you're excited about. So I myself will admit I'm not the biggest esports person, but... I'm kind of curious, like what got you into it and what, you know, kind of where, you know, uh, if, if someone had to get started, where, how would that kind of, how would you suggest people get into it?
1: Esports is great. So (laughs) (laughs) unlike what I call meat sports, but other people will call traditional sports, the sports that are played in like the real world, um, you have to be an athlete to to do those. Like you have to have like hand-eye coordination and stuff. You don't necessarily have to have that to like experience what is like a, you know drastically different exp- like tier of of operation yes. in uh in you know esports so like when i i like i guess i you know a few years ago had got like a gaming computer which is the first one i've had since i had like a you know Sega Genesis when i was like 10 right mm-hmm. um as was like the first like you know video games i'd played in forever and i got this one game that i saw um uh, Jen Neal, who used to work at Yahoo's uh, Yahoo's Black Puck Daddy blog, she yeah. became like a um, a uh, PR person for a team called the LA Valiant, which mm-hmm. was in the Overwatch League. And I was just really interested in like the emergence of of esports because it seemed like just such a different culture. And as like a person that is very interested in like the cultural dimensions of hockey, I thought it was a really good like contrast compared to see something sort of emerge and create its own you know cultural nuances. Yes, uh, and it's it's a it's. I guess I'll start with like playing like some of these video games now and different video games have different attitudes. Some of them are, are really disgusting and like the, some of them are like the, the way that some of the games are made are, are disgusting as well. And in different senses, mm-hmm. but like, if you look at like a game, like the game overwatch that I, I play and, and watch sometimes I don't play it that much, but like um, when I do play it, it's like, you know, really bright colors and loud sounds. And it's just like, it's super overwhelming. <laughs> it <turns> it right <laughs> off. And it's really, it's really like, you know, pleasing to play. Yeah. But the, uh, and when they like had a, you know, competitive league, you would watch that and you'd watch it from like the perspectives of these players and they're doing things that like, if the reaction time is so fast and like there's so many intricacies and like combination tactics, stuff that you wouldn't see in like the, the dumber shooter games, not dumber shooter games, but like, yeah, the yeah. less complicated dynamically, mechanically games, um, that like, the, the game Overwatch was like merging things from FPS or first person shooters with things called MOBAs, which are like multiplayer battle, whatever. I don't even know what it stands for, but like these bigger <laughs> sort of like uh, top down, like real time strategy esque games. Yeah. Uh, and putting those two things, to, two things together has all these like dimensions of like, you know, synergy. And like uh, I, you I didn't like collaborate with them, but I followed along as like the statistical sophistication of that league. Of all, like you know, came about and people started understanding like what is the metric that matters to us, which is something that like you know hockey didn't really do until like two thousand seven, yeah, with you know Corsi or you know shot attempt or shot share, or whatever. Um, and they, you know, th- this sport got there in like league, th- like season three or or you know year three of the this the game being around, which is basically like a team fight win percentage, which is a great way to express things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I should talk less about this, but I think it's uh, you see like with the players themselves, they're generally uh, they they're, they they age out faster than they do in meat sports, especially in hockey. Yeah. And uh, they're extremely media savvy and some of them are too media savvy. And so, uh, there's a, like a big dichotomy between like nice soft boys that like to be cute and, and stuff in the league. And then like these like mongrels that just like say wretched things. Ugh, and, yeah. uh, like, so there's a lot of like uh really iffy, uh, I don't know, conduct that happens in it. And so it, it's just as juicy as meat sports are. Yeah. And then some, and I think the last part I'll add is that there's a, the, because it's an evolving media space and an evolving industry, the, and because it's like natively viewed on like streaming platforms, which would be a blessing to stuff like hockey. Yeah. Um, the videos are available on demand so you can watch many times so you can rewatch them and you could do like a, a, you know, deeper analysis on it. So there's a big community and not a huge appetite for it yet, but there's a big community of people that will rewatch a game and rewatch it at like quarter speed to look at tiny things happening. Yeah. I wish almost there like there a was
0: telestration that. style kind of thing, huh?
1: Exactly like that. Exactly like that. And like when I am lucky enough to get like video on demand of like caps games, it's super helpful for me to understand and appreciate the sport. And yeah. it's not, it's not nearly as in it's not used in storytelling in hockey like it should be. Yeah. I mean, you do get cool like stuff with like Lachlan or Alan May, you know breaking down plays. But that is that is the sport. and it's really interesting when it's told well and there's a lot of interesting stuff happening. yeah, but like on the internet, I can think of like five examples of that happening, like five writers that have done in-depth like, you know, uh, quantitative analysis plus video analysis at the same time. In the last ten years. You know, yeah. like you've had like um uh shoot. Um uh the the guy that got hired uh in Edmonton for a couple of years. Yeah, I can't I remember mean, his name
0: Alison Al- Lundkin do- is
1: doing some good stuff with Allison the athletics. Does a great job with it, yes, yeah. 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 She's great. Um
0: I, I, like uh, Dom does some stuff now, I guess. Uh, like he's more analytics
1: model heavy. I feel like so. Sean is done stuff with like yes. There's there's there's, there's yeah. a lot of, there's there's good stuff out there, but but it's so scarce. Yes. And the licensing around it is so dubious. Uh, yeah. Especially as like like the the media partners with the NHL change that I, I it, it really seems like it's self sabotaging. Yeah. The sport is way... The, the sport. I mean, I mean the league. The league is way too um insulated yes and seeing like an emerging industry like esports try to sort of like permeate different areas of culture has been really educational yeah. and uh it, it shows me the things that like i want to do differently and better with the way i write about the sport mm-hmm. and it makes me think about things that i wish the league would do differently from like a promotional and marketing standpoint
0: yeah agreed all right well Pete, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I know that uh, this was good. I know that we had a lot of stuff to kind of discuss with the deadline and everything like that. Uh, where can people find you and uh, your writing and all your work?
1: Uh, RussianMachineNeverBreaks.com. Uh, would you apologize to site. Becca for me for talking about esports and Overwatch?
0: No, it's okay. It's okay. She uh, She. will. Uh, she, I think she'll try to virtually strangle me, but we put it at the end and uh, I demarcated it. So hopefully she won't kill me too badly.
1: Yeah, maybe she'll should turn it off by now, and we'll see how many days. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's see when this goes up. How many hours and or days it'll take before she's like, uh, "What the hell was that?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> or JP too. You know, I'm uh, I'm glad that you and JP get along because I think uh, he. Gets a little ornery whenever the podcast gets over uh, over forty minutes or so, and we're at an hour ten already. Uh, oh dear. But yeah, no, that's okay. This has been fun. This has been fun. I mean, uh I, I I I might have deliberately done this to where you know we put the East source stuff at the end, so you know if people. <laughs> I, I will I will understand, and I'm sure Pete you'll understand too. If people uh you know drop off a little bit by the end, we we get it. It's okay.
1: I do not like like an hour plus podcast either, so I, I sympathize.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, what was I gonna say uh, like uh, similar to over uh, what was I gonna say uh, Overcast, really good podcast app. You should download it and cut off all the uh you know loose uh kind of loose ends that we have here and kind of speed it up a little bit. But uh, anyways, uh, Pete, uh, people can find you on uh. Russia Machine, uh, where can people find you on the uh, Twitter seer?
1: I would rather they didn't. The tweets are not good anymore. (laughs) But it's Peter Hassett, two S's, two T's.
0: There you go. There you go. All right. And, uh, If you uh, like this podcast, uh, rate, write, and subscribe and review. We take uh, all reviews, including reviews that say that, uh, you know, this podcast is great, but they uh, have too much Greg Young in it. That's okay. I embrace it. Uh, But if you want to give a five-star review, you know, or any star reviews, that's how people find the show. That'd be great. Um, And uh, stay tuned next week. Uh, I think we're going to have a – normal episode i I don't think we're gonna do a guest next week because i've been we've been a little guest heavy lately uh and uh yeah so uh stay tuned and uh thanks for listening and uh, have a good one